You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday to all who celebrate. This is a day of... Who doesn't, gl- Phil? Glorious, glorious idea throwing here. <laughs> we got our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department for a little inside information and some fun speculation about Minnesota sports teams. We're finding out, as we always do this time of year, that not everyone understands and embraces the reckless speculation <laughs> lifestyle, but that's okay. You're either in or you're not, and we all pride ourselves in partaking in reckless speculation. I the saw most fun it, you could possibly have all most over social media. Can... For some reason, people thought somehow I was reporting that the wolves have interest in Chris Paul. No, <laughs> if you just like... listen, it was <laughs> a great. hypothetical oh, that's great. that teams that are above the first apron can't sign players who are bought out that make more than the league average. Chris Paul was a hypothetical example. Gordon Hayward of Charlotte, is another hypothetical example. My point is the Wolves are well-positioned to add somebody on the buyout market because they are not you know one of these those. teams that is above the first apron. We're talking about teams like the Suns, the Heat, the Nuggets. You know what they call These call guys those can't sign with those teams because Sid, of the new CBA. Sid called, them selective, Sid called them selective listeners. That's what you're dealing with here. All you got to do At least they're on WCCO for years, he said, Listen, all you selective listeners, you hear what you want to hear. <laughs> Sid was right about that. Oh, my God. So, okay, okay, okay. Reckless I need speculation. I need Doogie's thoughts on this. Let's just, we've, we have touched around this. We, we, we first kind of floated this. A couple of listeners of Purple Daily said, hey, why don't you check on Kirk Cousins' Atlanta family background back in, like, November. And so we brought this up, this idea of Kirk Cousins and the Falcons making sense if he doesn't resign with the Vikings. Here is a big twist this morning. Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, saying Bill Belichick will have a second interview with the Falcons. He has not interviewed anywhere else. So he had a one-on-one with Arthur Blank, and now he's going in for a second interview. He's going to be the Falcons head coach. So let's start there. Bill, unless something weird happens here, maybe the Eagles, they say, wait a second. Oh, Nick Sirianni's fired. Come on in here. He's probably going to be the Falcons head coach. Like we've talked about, Kirk Cousins, his wife's family's from Atlanta. Atlanta, this is my guess. Belichick is probably sick and tired of dealing with young rookie quarterbacks. He went from Tom Brady to like Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. They've got the eighth overall pick. They could draft a quarterback. But if you're him and you're in your 70s and you're chasing the all-time NFL wins record and you're Arthur Blank, that division's up for grabs. Ownership down to Belichick. They want to win right now. Atlanta, I think, is going to be in the market for a veteran quarterback. Somebody that Belichick can say, hey, I need to build up this defense. We'll get you an offensive coordinator, but I just need some adults in the room over here. This makes sense, Doogie. How how reckless versus realistic do you think this idea is? I think it's closer to realistic than reckless. I mean, let's just connect the dots. Read the tea leaves. 
with this news this morning that Bill Belichick will have a second conversation with Arthur Blank, who you mentioned Belichick is in his 70s. Arthur is in his 80s. This roster, this Falcons roster, they have salary cap flexibility, but it's also, to me, borderline, like, NFC championship ready. You know, we can debate Super Bowl, but they have so many talented players, especially on offense. Now, Belichick would have to hit on the offensive coordinator hire. But yes, after Mac Jones into Bailey Zappi, I just have a hard time believing they make an effort to go get Jaden Daniels, right? Move up from eight. Is that really the pathway? I guess there's a chance of that. But doesn't it make more sense if Belichick does land there? And I'm with you. I think, yes. Like, I don't think Philadelphia is firing Sirianni at this point. You know, he'll look at bringing in a couple new coordinators, but I think Sirianni is going to survive there in Philadelphia. I think Belichick is going to Atlanta. They need McCarthy a quarterback. McCarthy survived in Dallas, so that's an option off Correct. the board, right? Yes. He ain't going to Carolina. And hey, by the way, I like what you put on X that Dan Quinn to Seattle makes all sorts of sense. Dallas will then need a defensive coordinator. Mike Zimmer wants to be a DC, once back in the league, has that close relationship with Jerry Jones, so that will be something interesting to keep an eye on. But on Atlanta, it just makes so much sense. The question is, how much are they willing to offer? All right. How much does Kirk really, truly want to stay here? Does he really want to uproot the family again? Who is the quarterback's coach there? Who is the OC? Right? Those relationships matter. But this idea of if Belichick lands in Atlanta, them chasing a veteran quarterback versus, you know, going the draft route. Now, I still wonder about Justin Fields. What does Chicago do with Fields? Could Justin Fields be the solution in Atlanta, not Kirk Cousins? But the idea of the Falcons chasing a veteran quarterback, Phil, makes all sorts of sense. I think the thing with Belichick to, to the Falcons, too, is I think the only thing that would hold that up is potential control. Um, because he, he would have a boss to report to then as far as football moves are made, or R- Rich McKay w- would have to be taken out. But, you know, Dukes, I think your point is a great one, which is it, it really then comes down to who would Cousins be asked to work with directly. So if Belichick's the coach, would Kirk have an input on the OC, the quarterback's coach, things like that? Because, you know, Jay available. Well, and post-Josh McDaniels, um, Bill got that wrong. I mean, my God, he brought in Matt Patricia, a defensive guy, to, to try and run the offense. Then he brought Bill O'Brien back, and supposedly th- those two like got in a screaming match at one point. And so, yeah, I think that the Cousins to Atlanta makes a ton of sense as long as the dominoes fall correctly because I don't think, look, like, if Belichick goes off and makes another weird OC hire again, I think Cousins probably says, no thanks, but it makes a ton of sense. And Keep in mind, too, his parents are in Florida at his dad's church. So, like, he would be in the same town with his wife's family and a hop, skip, and a jump in a warmer climate. So a lot of this makes a ton of sense, which is why, as we've talked about you guys, Kirk Cousins is going to have options. Oh, like, my gosh. Like yeah. like this whole thing of, well, he likes it here. And so, he, I mean, how many times have we said that? And it doesn't mean he doesn't like it here. But I feel, I feel like sometimes we fall in love with the narrative of, well, we like a guy and he likes it here. At the end of the day, these guys have a certain amount of time of their life to absolutely break the bank. And Kirk Cousins continues to do so and is in that time. And this is probably 
the last big contract. Also, like the, the Falcons pitch. seem more likely to offer more money just where they're at, right? They they've got more cap space for one, but that's been that's manipulatable, right? You can you can figure out ways, but it right. just feels like with quick like Quasi's hesitance to fully commit every time he's asked, it's all about, well, you know, we want Kirk back, but it's got to work out for both sides. It's always just sort of coded in undertones of we're not going to guarantee a bunch of years. We're not going to pay him top of the market. We can't afford it. The Falcons might come in and say, well, we have more cap space. We're more desperate, quite frankly, because we have an owner in his 80s. We're bringing on a coach in his 70s, and and we want to flip the switch and win right now in a division that's wide open. So it it's super, super interesting, Doogie. Well, I mean, I think these two things can be true. That Kirk, his family, really like it here. They love living on the border of Invergrove Heights and Rosemount. They love everything about this community. Kirk really enjoys his relationship with Kevin O'Connell, others in Egan. But that he's so strong in his convictions that he's okay leaving. So if he doesn't get the structure, I do think there's some truth to what he told us in the locker room a couple Mondays ago. Structure will matter. Is Atlanta perhaps willing to offer him three years fully guaranteed? I don't think the Vikings are making that offer. So if structure in that respect matters the most to him, he's Mm -hmm. a goner, right? If Atlanta's willing to do that, that's my question. Is Atlanta willing to go to three years fully guaranteed? Are the Vikings willing to go to even two years fully guaranteed? Or are they looking for some wiggle room, perhaps, after that first year? I'm still seeking clarity on that, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Vikings bent a little bit, went to two years fully guaranteed. I would be shocked if the Vikings offered him three years fully guaranteed. If the Falcons hire Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick hires the right offensive staff, there is no way that they won't give Kirk what what Kirk wants if that's Bill's guy. If Bill decides, you know what, Kirk Cousins is stability, yeah. there's more there, I like him. And and I will draw a parallel. Arthur Blank, with, with what we have discussed, very much like Mike Illich, who was not successful, but at the end of owning the Tigers, was spending money like a drunk sailor because he was desperate to try to win a World Series again before he died. Now, he didn't get there. But if you guys recall, he was writing out checks that set the Tigers back for years because of that. I would say Arthur Blank, who saw his team blow a 25-point lead in a Super Bowl, very much possibly in the same boat because, Dukes, you're right. That roster is good. Like, Arthur Smith was an idiot, but that <laughs> roster is good. Oh, he was. He's a terrible coach. He's an absolutely atrocious coach. funny when you put it that yeah. uh, but, but all of that being said, if Bill Belichick comes in and says Kirk Cousins can win us a Super Bowl, Arthur, and I think he can win it in 2024, I think this all makes just a ton of sense, and connecting the dots is not that hard. No, it's not that hard. Falcons at Vikings later this year. Sign me up for that storyline of Kirk Cousins coming oh, back to play God. the Vikings. Wait, there's another one, though. Yeah, hold on. All right, Declan. <clears throat> Declan saw this. So that we're, and we're talking sort of same region. That better not be we're the overseas for- game, by the way. Texans, Vikings, whatever it is, Arizona Vikings, oh, Falcons, Vikings cannot be the overseas it's not game. Be. No, 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 I don't think it will be either. No, okay, Dex, give us and give us another potential right. speculative landing spot. How about this one? And again, in the safe umbrella of reckless speculation. Reckless Good to have you back, Declan. Thank you. Yes, it, there was there was a lot of things happening to me on Tuesday that we don't need to discuss anymore. <laughs> this is detail. a credible source, though, Dex. This is very credible. Mike Sando yeah. of the Athletic. 
Uh, Sando come on our show before? I think he's come on Purple oh, Daily yeah. before, right? Yeah, True. Yeah, he's covered he's the league for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's friend a friend of the show. personal friend of mine. Friend of yes. the show. So he's examining what Miami's going to do at their quarterback position because two is under his fifth year option. He's not going. He has no contract after that, so he's going to be playing under the fifth year options. So he considered three options for Miami. Now this doesn't necessarily. This does tie into the Vikings to a degree, but he has three options, and the first big one is trade Tua. Sign Kirk Cousins. The equation here is that Cousins and a draft picks would be better than continuing with Tua. The Dolphins do not have a third or fourth round pick in this upcoming draft, so they could use some capital. Cousins, a free agent, March would prioritize Miami as a preferred landing spot. And one executive said, quote, your upside with Tua is limited. So let's say you can trade him. I would explore, okay, trading Tua, and he can win us some games, but probably not a championship. Kirk Cousins, we can win games with, probably not winning a championship with, but our resources are better spent on Cousins plus draft picks than just on yeah. Tua. So you would get, you'd trade Tua for like a second or a third round pick or whatever it is. Yep. And you would sign Kirk Cousins as mm-hmm. opposed to just pushing ahead with Tua mm-hmm. and signing him to a max contract. And he throws out, Dude. you know, he throws out, uh, the Vikings as a, as a suitor, maybe the Rams if like Stafford ends up leaving, uh, like for, retiring. For Tua, yes, yeah, he throws out a few options. This isn't this isn't just necessarily direct trade to him in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins goes to Miami. This is Miami moving on from Tua Tagovailoa and signing Kirk Cousins in free agency. All right, well, Kirk Cousins, Mike McDaniel have a history. Do I think on the surface that Kirk Cousins would enjoy? Playing for working with Mike McDaniel, absolutely right. Yes, I mean brilliant offensive mind, nerdy personalities. Yeah, I think those two would mesh very, very well. But is Kirk really an upgrade over Tua? How much of an upgrade is Kirk over Tua? If you're Miami, I don't know that it. I don't know. Is it really worth doing all of that to go from Tua to Kirk? So I pause there. I really, I do. I pause. Yes, you're about to say. Uh, I don't think it matters. I think like if those guys are equal, but you can get draft picks for Tua and let's say you think they're equal or maybe Kirk's like a little more accurate, a little bit more. Just he's been around the block a little bit more. You know, when he's got weapons, he's going to throw for a bunch of yards, right? If I it's if it's Tua or Kirk and draft picks, isn't it obvious? Now, the problem is the Dolphins have one of the messiest cap situations in the league. They're 55 million over the cap. Before the offseason starts, Bingo. they'd have to clear space and make some things happen. But that's where, you know, that's where you have a capologist that knows what he's doing. So part of this, thing too, is is with uh, Shanahan, who, you know, cl- clearly is probably going to stick with Brock and he's on a cheap contract the, with Shanahan, McDaniel and that entire system. Dukes, here's my question. There's always this sort of vague reference about what Kirk could do there. Like the secret sauce of like, if we get Kirk, you're going to see something else. I mean, for for all his faults in big games, Kyle Shanahan's a really good offensive mind. Like Heck this yeah. is no fly-by-night mad scientist. This guy's a mad scientist who's really good. And I feel like this whole thing with guys like McDaniel and Shanahan with Kirk is, well, you don't really understand what we could get from him. So I wonder if that's part of the intrigue as well, potentially. Um, and, and O'Connell and Kirk, to be fair, I've done very well together. So, like, if there's another step off of that in, in the San Francisco-Miami structure, um, I think it's an interesting 
Mike Sando doesn't like make stuff up like us, which is great fun, of course. Mike Sando <laughs> makes stuff up and then calls people, mm-hmm. and those executives are like, "Yeah, no," and yes. so he won't write some stuff. He's he's very paranoid about being like woefully wrong. So I do find it intriguing that we're talking about almost the San Francisco thing with Kirk now with the Dolphins replacing the Niners because Purdy is in San Francisco. I mean, that's where it does make sense, right? The Kirk. McDaniel relationship. Yes. I just can't get there. It's fine. Let's discuss it. I just, I can't get there. I can get there in Atlanta. In fact, I can get there very easily in Atlanta. I just can't quite get there on Miami. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm right on that, but just right now in the moment. That's fair. I just can't get there, but I get it. Interesting. Kirk with McDaniel makes all sorts of sense. That part of it, I'm telling you. Yes. But the rest of it, no. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Oh, man. Okay, deep breath before we get into more reckless speculation and fodder here. Uh, uh, presented by Zero Res, by the way. So Zero Res, which is here to deep clean your house, your carpets, your air ducts, has a 4.9 out of 5-star rating Google with 17,000 reviews. And here's the best part. You can call or go to their website and ask for the Score North Special, which gets you three rooms Zero Resified starting at just $119. And this month takes $75 off. When you get your air ducts zero res clean, that's nine five two zero res or zero resminnesota.com. Say you want that score north special. Spell it forwards or backwards, it spells the same. Zero res. Okay, can you see yourself getting there? Well, I can get there on this. If somehow Cousins lands in Miami with all the caponomics that would need to take place in Miami, presumably they would lose stud defensive lineman Christian Wilkins, one of Brian Flores' guys. Now, hey, the market for Wilkins will be off the charts. He will have multiple options, but that would be a name to keep an eye on for yes. the purple. So That's I like can't a get there on that. million dollar a year I know. situation. There. Yeah, but he's the yeah. real deal. He's a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of touched on this at the start of the episode, but Dan Quinn, despite his defense getting absolutely embarrassed at home, still has, he's going through interviews. He's got four interviews. He's done two of them. Yeah, he's going to get one of these um, jobs. So he might go, yeah, maybe he goes back to Seattle. I think that's where he lands. And then Dallas pushing forward with Mike McCarthy probably wants an established, knows what he's doing defensive coordinator to step in. Somebody maybe with a relationship with Jerry Jones. Can you see yourself getting there with Mike sure. Zimmer coming back to the NFL? He did the sit down with Tom Pelissero, our mutual friend, a few year, a few weeks ago. He wants back in. I could see it making some sense. Well, Micah Parsons. He's willing piece. to be a DC. Like, sure, Mike wants to be a head coach again. But he's willing to accept, okay, probably not going to happen this cycle. Let me just get back in the league. Let me be a DC. Let's see how that goes. And maybe it progresses from there. So, yes, considering the Jerry Jones relationship with Zim, the relationship Zim has with other people in Dallas, sure, I can get there. Now, I haven't studied all the other options. So maybe I'm missing some very, very logical option that trumps. Any of this Zimmer speculation, but sure, the fact that Mike wants back in, the fact that Mike is willing to be a DC, 
what looks like the fact that Dallas will be looking for a D.C. offensive-minded head coach. So Mike would have, presumably, you know, full authority, you know, not a whole lot of fingerprints, you know, all over the defense, that he would have pretty much a clean slate. Yes, I can get there on Mike Zimmer landing with the Cowboys. Do we know if uh, McCarthy and Zimmer are friends? Like, is there a relationship there? And I'm not saying that that wouldn't probably be a deal. I don't. Breaker, I mean, I could send a text Jerry and try to find I out quick. Zimmer, I don't. I would be curious. I'd I mean, outside curious of competing against each other and different, you know, coaches right. in person meetings. It doesn't mean you know, much. Some small talk. I don't know if there's like a rock solid relationship there, though. Yeah, I mean, okay. their their career sort of align in terms of timeline in the NFL, but they've I don't believe they've ever crossed Work paths together. on the same staff. So, um, yeah, that's just something something to keep an eye on here. Dukes, what else you got in your scoop bag here? Let's empty out the rest of your scoop bag. Sure. So we brought up the name Keenan McCardle on Tuesday, Vikings wide receivers coach. He is hopeful to land an interview at the New Orleans Saints. So Keenan does have a desire to be, I'm told, a play caller. Take that next step in his coaching evolution. Go from position coach to offensive coordinator with a goal eventually to be a head coach. I think he's on that pathway. He's highly thought of. Kevin O'Connell thinks the world of Keenan McCardle. Justin Jefferson thinks the world of Keenan McCardle. Heck, look at Jordan Addison's rookie year, right? Keenan has something to do with that. Really, really good position coach. But as of last night, New Orleans has not put in the request. So there's some wheels in motion on the Keenan side, trying to get him an opportunity to speak with the New Orleans Saints. But as of last night, that has not come to fruition. But I'll continue to keep an eye on the Keenan McCardle situation. Also on the Vikings, linebacker Brian Asamoah, he tweeted he underwent successful surgery this week. The injury, I mean, he was on the injury report with a shoulder issue going back, heck, to training camp. I mean, you know, injury reports starting week one, but he was initially hurt in training camp. My understanding is he was battling something the entire year. Like it started in training camp. So I guess what I'm getting at is I don't necessarily group Asuma in the same category as Booth Jr. as seen. Like when we talk about the 2022 draft class, I think at times we say just complete bust. Look at all these defensive picks. I'm not there yet. On Asuma. I still think there's a salvageable player there in Brian Flores' defense. So let's just see how Brian plays here in 2024 after this surgery to get right. I'm just not there. Judd, I mean, you can respectfully disagree if you want, but I think Brian is in a different category than Booth Jr. than seen. And we now know why it was such a difficult year. Because if you remember entering training camp, Brian Asuma was looked at as a starter, that he was going to play. A bunch of snaps. We looked at Brian almost the same way we looked at Josh Metellus. We knew Metellus would step up role-wise. There was this sense in late July that Brian Asuma was going to have a big role in this defense, but he just he got hurt early, and he never recovered. So this surgery this week was to fix that problem that started back in training camp. Do we expect Jordan Hicks back, or is he probably gone? Man, I'll tell you what, after what he went through to come back then on Christmas Eve to play that game against the Lions, his leadership, I mean, just good dude, beloved in that locker room. But we now know that Ivan Pace Jr. is fully capable of being the communicator, having that green dot, that Ivan Pace Jr. can play a lot of snaps. So I just don't see where you spend the money. I mean, they have so many things to figure out. I just don't know why you would re-sign Jordan Hicks. But I'll tell you what, really, really good dude. He will be missed. 
if he does uh, indeed leave. But I'm just saying, to me, with Pace Jr. ready to step into that role, I don't know why you would re-sign Jordan X. Uh, any twin stuff in that bag? If you dig to kind of the bottom of the bag of scoops, is there any, you scrape your finger across the bottom, oh. is there a, Yeah, a certainly not the headline. In there? Yeah, but I had a nice conversation earlier this week with new Twins reliever Hobie Harris. Pitched in the Nationals bullpen last year, made his major league debut finally last year at 30 years old. The Twins signed him to a minor league deal. So, hey, you sign guys to minor league deals, right? The Twins signed this time last year Willie Castro to a minor league contract. You can make a case that Willie Castro in 2023 was the Twins' offensive MVP. Certainly not the team MVP. That was Sonny Gray or Pablo Lopez. But if you want to make a case, Willie Castro was so valuable to the Twins in 2023. He was a guy signed to a minor league contract. So this is what you do. So he'll compete for a spot come spring training. I will say the Twins have tried to sign Hobie Harris going back a few years. So they finally got him to agree to terms. He was in the Blue Jays organization a couple years ago, the Brewers organization, then the Nationals. But the Twins have tried to sign him for a few years. Speaking of the Blue Jays, this would be the headline for for our Twins segment here. So Declan sent me a text a few days ago, said, hey, check on some Alec Manoa steam. So the Blue Jays have this starting pitcher, Alec Manoa, who was what, top five, Phil, in Cy yeah. Young voting in 2022? Mm-hmm. Just yeah, was brilliant pitcher. in 2022. Then for whatever reason, multiple reasons, he was miserable in 2023 to the point of the Blue Jays had to send him to the minors. He then came back up, struggled some more. But first round pick, You look at how great he was in 2022. There is something there. We don't know what exactly took place. Maybe it was mechanics. Maybe it was mental, whatever. But you look at how great he was in 22. To me, it looks like there's a really good pitcher there that just happened to go sideways in 23. My understanding is his name has come up at Target Field. Now, you look at the Blue Jays. They are looking to add offensive help. Could Max Kepler perhaps be a match there? I think early in the offseason, Jorge Polanco was a match there. Not so sure he's a match there now. But you just, you wonder, right? But I also wonder, Phil, with Cody Bellinger still out there, I think he ends up back with the Cubs, but the Blue Jays have tried on Bellinger. Do they re-sign Matt Chapman, right? So how do the Blue Jays spend their money? They did sign a starter yesterday. So they have pitching depth. So the idea of them trading Alec Manoa somewhere makes sense for some offensive help. That would just be a name I would keep an eye on. But until some of these free agents come off the board, I don't think anything is imminent on that front. Yep, super interesting. I do wonder, man, when a guy goes from being just, and by the way, he was a former like top 15 overall pick. He's one of the biggest players in Major League Baseball. He's like six foot seven, two. I think he's listed at like 275 or 280 or something. He's, he's a big dude. But is there some, like I'm looking at his stats, his walk rate tripled from his, his brilliant 2022 season. Is there some, when you start to see the control go that awry, I'd worry about like an elbow or a shoulder yeah. or something not being right physically. So, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time the Twins took a chance <laughs> in that area medically. Correct. But, but just the it, idea yeah. of still some moves coming, like I get it. It's been painfully slow, right? Yeah. I mean, next week will be fun. We find out on Tuesday, Joe Maurer, first ballot Hall of Famer. We have the Diamond Awards on Thursday. We have a luncheon on Friday that feeds into Twins Fest Friday night into Saturday. So baseball will be a hot topic next week. But I get it. Like, I sympathize with fans that are just begging for something to take place. I still think something will. It's just, it's been hard to follow. It really has. But I still think at some point here, I can't give you an exact day, but that there will be some action on the Twins front. 
Wow, what a session. What a session, guys. Hey, Fine work, dude. Get up for yourselves. Give it up. Great All right, stuff, boys. Dudes. Yeah, I know. That was fun. Wolves, that defense last night, Phil, troubling, but I get it. Over the course of 82 games, you know, there will be a dip uh, or two. The offense, I thought, was pretty good last night. Rudy Gobert was, again, really, really good. Right? I wouldn't worry. We are now, now, officially here on January 18th, the two-month anniversary of the Wolves moving into first place in the Western Conference. So, November that, 18th. Let's go. Tonight, also, we hit the halfway point. So, the Wolves host Memphis. It's a late game tonight because of national TV. A rare time, the Wolves. Finally, on national television, not NBA TV, but I'm talking TNT tonight. And so tonight will be what? Game 41. So, yeah. So halfway point of the season after tonight, the Wolves continue to make some calls as we approach the February 8th trade deadline. I'd still keep an eye on that Shake Milton contract with that team option for next year. He's essentially an expiring contract. Or does some team say, okay, Shake Milton next year at $5 million? That's reasonable. He just needs a change of scenery, but I definitely can see Shake Milton being moved. Yep. Great stuff, man. Darren Doogie Wolfson from the five Eyewitness News Sports Department. Tuesdays and Thursdays right here on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. All right, boys. Take it easy. All See right. ya. Thanks, dude. See you, Dukes. All right, guys. Uh, we got Purple Daily coming your way today. Uh, if you missed Royce Unchained, some, some great stories from the 25th anniversary of the most devastating loss in Minnesota sports history. So check that out as well. We'll see you guys.